This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. This episode of This Week in Wealth is sponsored by Alpha Wealth Group. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered advisor, WGN Radio, and RWA are not affiliated. Here's WGN Radio's Elise Glink and Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino. Good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness technology company. And I'm Tom Fortino, the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicagoland area. So it's hard to believe we're into mid-November and there's just about six weeks left till the end of the year. If you have a question about year-end planning or you want to have somebody take a fast look at what you're doing before the end of the year, you probably want to give us a call or give Tom a call. Um, you can ask him a question. You can just uh, run some numbers by him, 630-934-1855. Or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com and you can download all kinds of interesting things, including a free retirement planning packet. That might help. All right, Tom. So since we last talked, the Federal Reserve handed down its third straight 75 Mm -hmm. basis point interest rate, supposedly continuing the fight against inflation. That doesn't seem to be moving any of the metrics, though. And it looks like that uh, those increases are going to continue, maybe not at 75 basis points, you know, three quarters of an interest rate, right? Percent interest rate. Mm -hmm. But at some sort of level until they start to see whatever they're looking for and the inflation numbers come down. But in the meantime, all kinds of people are up in arms about this, right? Because it's just costing so much more to live. And Alliance Life did a new poll this week, and they found that most savers are concerned with the rising cost of living is going to affect their retirement. Now, we already have seen lots of surveys that have said, well, people are just spending less all the way around, you know, and saving for retirement because they just don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, what are you saying to people and, and how are you getting them there? Because I, even for me, I, I'm not in a position where I have to choose retirement savings or paying my monthly mm-hmm. bills, but I can certainly understand how a lot of people are in that place. Yeah, it is so tough, Elise. It's kind of disheartening when people are nearing retirement, in retirement, and they've worked all their lives. They've grown all this, you know, saved and earned and done all these things, put money away, been responsible, and now they're at a point where there's things to a certain extent, well, it is. Inflation is out of our control. You can't control it as much as you wish you could. Right. And so we've seen the numbers. You've talked about them. I think there was a one that said 1.5 million people are unretiring. This was from Indeed, the director of economic research there. Yep. Four in 10 retirees working part-time, right? Limer, yep. I think, said. So the number, it's all there. We see it. And I get it. It's Again, it's, it's a little disheartening. But what I would say is, so where do you start? What do you do? I think some of this, too, is if you ask someone the question, okay, do you need to part, work part-time? Do you need to? They might say, I'm not sure. And so how do we create some level of certainty? Because the uncertainty, whether it's in the market, whether it's all these risks we have to deal with in retirement, it's tough. And so how do we do some of these things? Well, I always, you know, one of the, and this is kind of the cornerstone, and we've talked about it before. You know, there's, I, at least this is my mantra or my belief. You have five pieces to your plan. It's, it's, it's not just about the investments, but it's also about how do you create income throughout your retirement? And so this is that cornerstone of your plan. How do you create income that you can't outlive? 
And if you can define those numbers and have an understanding of it, maybe that's going to allow you to reduce some of that uncertainty, make decisions, and, and be in a better spot. You know, it's not always about this pile of money because there's no number. So now we have inflation. We have market risk we're dealing with this year. Right. right? I mean, oh, it's gosh. these. Right. Yeah. And that's why we talk about creating a plan to address some of these things. So why not, when I talk about income, it's not an asset, right? You can have a million dollars in a 401k. That's technically not an income. There's a tax component to it. There's market risk. And now we're dealing with inflation. So define the income. Social security is an income. So income comes in no matter what, right? No matter what happens in the market, no matter what's in my savings. So we really start to want to create an income plan on what our pensions are going to be. And once we start putting pencil to paper and start to define this, it's good. You can use annuities. Annuities can give you guaranteed lifetime income. You can almost create your own private pension. So now we start creating an income flow, checks that come in every month, I think that's going to be a helpful start in this process. Start to get this income plan and this income piece in place. You know, it's funny how my thinking about this has shifted over the year and a half we've been doing this show because I, you know, I'm in my 50s. You know, I never really thought about the income part of it simply mm-hmm. because in my family, what ended up happening, like my mother was you know, a tremendous real estate agent and she built this, you know, incredible portfolio of stocks and investments and things like that and she just sort of you know liquidates some of it when she needs it every year you know she has to take a certain amount out of her 401k uh she did a defined benefit plan it was well invested for her and so she just you know says okay this year i need x amount of money i'm going to take that out they sell you know her investment advisor tells her what to sell she sells Mm -hmm. it or rather people sell it and then that goes into her checking account. That's what she lives on off of the year. And she does get Social Security, which is great. But mm-hmm. I never really thought about this idea that you could actually build in the income stream that would sort of help you paper over what happens with inflation, with the market, with mm-hmm. these other things. And, you know, for most people are not going to just have enough money that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right, that they have mm-hmm. to sort of build this in, and I, my thinking has really shifted because we've had these kinds of conversations. Yeah, I mean, the question too is like you said about you know just it's this this, and we've been spoiled over the last thirteen years because inflation has been, you know, two percent or less. Is always the Fed keeps saying, "How do we get inflation where we want it to be?" And now all of a sudden, well, it's over eight um, percent. We've had a market that's continued to go up for the, all these years. It's now for this year, so. These are things that, you know, we need to take a look at. So it was, okay, we'll just sell some investments. My account's up 15%. I'm only going to take five off it. I'm still up. Hey, it's working. And so, you know, maybe there hasn't been as much attention to this, but that's why when we talk about, yes, your investment plan is important. Look, I'm an investment advisor rep. We do portfolio management, but that's a piece of it. And so you can use your investments to supplement some of your income, but you, you know, the question comes down to how much of your income do you rely on from your investments? And if it's a bigger amount, that means technically, this is my opinion, you have more risk. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I'm saying for anyone out there, I would say as much as possible, you know, if you if you don't know what your Social Security is, go to SSA.gov. You may be getting 70,000 between you and your spouse. Now we're starting to create some certainty. If you have a pension, contact your pension provider, find out what you're going to get in pensions, tell them to send you the information and then say, what can I do? What else in my plan can I do to create income? that I know is going to come in, that paycheck's going to come in every week, no matter what happens. And then, you you know, you can't, again, control inflation. And you can put things in place 
that will turn on later down. You can use some of these strategies that will give you income down the road. So if you want to say, I want to increase my income in a few years, and you can you can put that in place as well. So there's ways to get to this, to have what we sometimes say to turn the lights on money, no matter what happens. And right. then, you know, you can build off that. All right, 630-934-1855 if you've got a question for us or alphawealthgroup.com. When we come back, I want to talk about some other ways to build wealth besides annuities like real estate, which is sort of an interesting place right now. Uh, And also, we want to talk a little bit about how to enjoy the money you have in retirement, but still leave something for your kids. So stay tuned for that coming up next on 720 WGN. Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino, uh, alphawealthgroup.com, or you can give us a call, 630-934-1855, 630-934-1855. So, Tom, last segment, we were talking about inflation and about how people are kind of shifting their savings, their retirement savings into you know actual money they need to live on. More and more people are doing that. But I think there are probably some other ways to build that retirement wealth. And I want to just talk about that for another minute. One of them is real estate. And I'm seeing more and more um, investors. And if you look at the numbers of people who bought real estate in the last year, the number of first-time buyers are way down. And the number of investors is way up, particularly mm-hmm. what we would call mom-and-pop investors. You know, Maybe they own up to 10 units, which... Anytime you've ever managed real estate, you know, 10 units is not an insignificant number, mm-hmm. but they're building this kind of revenue, this, this regular income that you were talking about. And I'm wondering if, how much does real estate play into your retirement income strategy or how much should it? Because the home you live in, while it's going to make up the probably two thirds of somebody's net worth on a typical average basis, mm-hmm. That's not bringing in any revenue. <laughs> you're, that's the, <laughs> no, you're paying I, money for that, right? You're paying in your taxes and maintenance and upkeep. So how smart is it to add a real estate component, whether it's property or it's a REIT, real estate investment trust? How smart is it to add that into your whole retirement income strategy? Well, you know, I know this is one of your areas of expertise, Elise, and when we talk about real estate, you know, as a piece of your plan, there's so many moving parts and it really depends on the individual. Now to own a piece of real estate outright, you know, there's pros and cons to it, right? You don't have to um, do anything with the plumbing when you own a, a dividend paying stock, whereas you may have to, uh, you know, there's some maintenance involved. It's not as liquid, but on the other hand, it can provide a revenue source. And so for many people that have been in real estate and they've had success at it, it's really worked well for them. That's just a different type of asset in your investment. So it can be a piece of the investment, certainly, um, if you don't want to have that level of involvement and have to have that you know, part of it where it's actually a physical asset that you own that you have to maintain that is not liquid but provides some benefits to you and you don't have the experience. There are other options out there. As you mentioned, there's real estate investment trusts. There's, you can buy into, and there's some other types of individual I'm not a fan so much of the private REITs, what are called sometimes the non-tradable REITs, but you can own those too. There's there's groups sometimes that you can get into. Again, you have to be careful where you can have ownership. You're a tenant in common. You own part of that property. It could be an apartment building or something. So there's all these different avenues to have real estate exposure in your 
portfolio. So it is a, I agree with you. It is a dividend play. Hopefully you'll still get capital appreciation on it as well. So it can, it can be a part of an investment. Uh, just understand where it makes sense for you personally. And, you know, I use my, we've had a bunch of real estate um, over mm-hmm. the years. I think at the top of it, we had three investment properties. Now we just have one. It's been one that we've owned for almost 25 years. And it has, I don't know, maybe like $30,000 of a mortgage left. It's not mm-hmm. much. We could pay it off. We just don't. Um, it'll be paid off, I think, if not this year, next year. But, you know, on a net basis, even after we've paid the mortgage and taxes, you know, we're still netting out a $1,000 a month from it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you've owned property for 25 years, like it needs even a condo like this, you got to like, you know, we got to replace the kitchen and bath. Like it's just, mm-hmm. and Sam says to me, well, I've looked at the prices and even if we go and we spend, let's say $30,000 to upgrade both of those, it could take me 10 years to recoup that because we're not going to get that much more. And mm-hmm. it just made me think, like, there's just a lot that goes into real estate investments, you know, mm-hmm. long term when you're holding it for a really long time where, you know, you will have to do some of those replacements with a single mm-hmm. family property. It might be the roof. It, you know, it might be mm-hmm. the grounds, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, you know, here's what we us when we talk about some of these things. Is it better than, is it, that's the wrong question. Is it, it's different. It's not better than buying stocks. It's not because one is liquid and one is not. You know, you still have market risk, but the one can give you maybe some income and some capital appreciation. So it just, it really is just what's best for you. But knowing, like you said, knowing when you go into it. So anyone that's going to consider real estate, I just had a call, just kind of ticked in my head when we were talking the other day from a client who said, I'm thinking about buying a three flat. So she's coming in and we're going to sit down and talk through some of the things you mentioned, Elise, you know, but there's other things. There's so, there's so many things to consider to say, is it right for me as part of my overall investment plan or yeah. my overall plan? Being a, landlord, being a landlord, right? Just yeah. <laughs> start with like, you've got to find good tenants, right? Well, that's certainly it. So, you know, it's just so many things to consider because I'm, I'm a big fan of making informed decisions because at the end of this discussion, she may say, you know what, it maybe isn't right for me. Again, there's always this, you know, exuberance of I'm going to own a piece of real. And that's terrific. I mean, the whole thing about ownership is really fantastic. But then again, we have to consider all the other things, as I said. You know, whether it's the tenants, as you said, that's primary. You can have property managers if you don't want to deal with it. Sometimes that works for people. And then you also, as I said, have it titled properly. I mean, I'm a fan of using LLCs, Limited Liability Corp. So there's this veil somewhat of, of liability or at least having a liability umbrella, mm-hmm. which gives you can give you millions of dollars of protection for very little cost. These are things, to, again, all these pieces. <laughs> I know you asked the question, at least, but there's so many pieces that you really want to bring together when you consider this. No, I agree completely. And there are a lot of success stories. So, you know, I've got mm-hmm. in California, uh, my friend Wendy bought a house, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, carved out a space in the basement that had its own separate entrance. And it basically created a one bedroom apartment down there. And mm-hmm. she now gets, I want to say, over $2,000 a month from that. You know, it, it almost completely pays her mortgage, taxes, and insurance. And, you know, is is basically she's living in her house for free now. And mm-hmm. that house is, of course, tripled in value because it's California over the last 20 years. So there's just there are lots and lots of success stories out there where people sure. find ways to, 
you know, leverage that. And as long as she lives in that house, like that revenue will continue to come in. It'll continue to go up in value. And while she did invest some money in fixing it up, it's, you know, it's paid back in spades for her over the years. So, you know, I do think that this is a, a good thing to do. And that kind of leads me, and we don't have a lot of time left, but this whole idea of, you know, leaving a nest egg for your children, you know, at least with real estate, you get the stepped up basis. So mm-hmm. if you've got some investment property and it is helping with the retirement income, when you die, your kids will inherit it at its kind of stepped up basis. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. really nice from a tax point of view. Yeah, it's a capital appreciating asset like a stock. So I always say it doesn't matter what you pay for it. Forget that. It's irrelevant. It's what's the value on the date of death. That's the step up that you're referring to, Elise. And I had someone, again, it's interesting all these things I come across, someone recently who had really significant estate value or real estate value. So they're concerned about estate taxes because the value of the assets, when we talk about leaving something to the children, inheritance tax, sometimes people call it, or estate tax, the value of your estate. But um, there will be no capital gains tax because they'll get a complete step up on it, although there could be exposure to a state tax because the state of Illinois, anything above $4 million for an individual is exposed to a state tax. So that can be uh, problematic. But you are right. The real estate, there's a lot of benefits to it. It's something to consider. Just go in with eyes wide open and understand all these moving parts we've talked about today. Yeah. No, I think that's super important. And of course... You know, having somebody like you, Tom, go through all of this is where you find, you know, the hidden things. And I did want to mention from last week, I, you know, I, I know that you love my stories of found money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? You should love your stories of found money. No, I do. This one isn't mine, though. It's, oh. not, my, it's not my pot of found money. Oh. Um, we have a friend whose father died last, uh, just uh, earlier this year. And she was telling me that out of the blue, there was a call from an insurance company, and he had a policy for $850,000 that had been fully paid off that nobody knew about. She and her brothers are the um, executors of the estate. And this money was just sort of sitting there. And they're like, oh, we got a notification that he died. <laughs> she said, wow. He did. And she said, they said, okay, where do you want us to send the money? And I just, you know, it's a wonderful story because it's nice to get that pot of money. But it would be, yeah. it would have been more helpful had, I, I think the dad forgot about it because the yeah. estate was very well planned. There's a sister that needs some care and yeah. there was a trust set up. This money comes to the sister directly, which is going to impact some Income things. And it's a legacy. Had, right. It's just all part of it. Anyway, that was my found money story for the week. Nice. But all right, we are um, out of time, I'm sorry to say. But if you want to continue this conversation with Tom, give him a call at 630-934-1855. Remember, you only have six weeks left in the year. And next week and the week after, we'll start talking about things you need to do to prepare for that year end. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino. Have a great week, everybody. And you're listening to 720 WGN. 
Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois.